This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. The term closer is antiquated now. Your best reliever oftentimes isn't being saved until the ninth inning. Judd Zolgad. The catch, rule, and porn are the same thing. I know them when I see them. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Winning is what I said it would be all about, and uh, uh, it's true. I, I, I came here because of the chance to win. I felt like it was it was a probably the best chance um, and and that's all that matters in this business but more importantly than that um, the, the chance to win comes from the fact that I believe in the leadership of this organization Brad called yesterday I was actually on my way up to high school I was kind of helping out with the kids and and we had a good conversation I hadn't talked to him in three weeks um, he said I, you know just give it another shot see if you want to take that chance and I felt like if they were willing to take that chance, I was too. Uh, that was the like press conference. Nine years ago that was, now. That was God so, dang it, Tom. That flies. day was so much fun. Can you guys believe that was nine years ago? That's insane. The ga- So Man, almost the same gap between 09 and 98, which was 11 years. Yep. So we're uh, we're getting old, Brad, all of us. Brad called. Uh, tried me again. That's BS, by the way. I'm sure their first conversation was... Call me after training camp. I ain't going to Mankato. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfectly orchestrated. Yeah, that was absolutely the most perfect or- orchestration, down to the fact, and this was not arranged, but down to the fact that the last practice in Mankato is one of the worst quarterback practices I will ever see in my entire life. A lot of ground balls, a lot of disappointments, lot and of people, Brad Childress completely at peace with it all. Yes, everyone else he knew what was coming down the pipe. Everyone else panicking and sweating. And you go to the Childress uh, post-practice press conference, he's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So I was just, because we did some comparisons on yesterday's show between the Brett Favre splash of 09 and and then this year's Kirk Cousins splash. And like Brett Favre was clearly headed to the Hall of Fame at the time of that acquisition and had another decade under his belt in the league than Cousins does. No one is, is looking at Kirk Cousins right now anyways as a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, but it is a big splash move. So it's a little apples to oranges. I, and then I started looking at the road to success or going deep in the playoffs or whatever it may be in the NFC in 2009 compared to what the Vikings might face in 2018. And the bad news for this team is the road is a lot tougher than Brett Favre and company's road in the NFC. Let's just start with the quarterbacks. So in 2009, in the NFC alone, you did have Drew Brees in his prime, and he was excellent. You had a young Aaron Rodgers who wasn't – it was his – I believe his second full year starting, and he he was really good. That's correct. It was his second. But yes. he wasn't like he wasn't today's Aaron Rodgers good. So he was ramping it up in 2009. Correct. You had in his prime Tony Romo in the league in the NFC. He was very good. And then you had 
aging Kurt Warner, who actually I think that was the year he went to the Super Bowl, so you know, put him on the list. After that, it was mid-30s Donovan McNabb, Jason Campbell, a very young and not very good Alex Smith at the time. Wait, was the Niners. Jason Campbell in Washington? Yeah, started all 16 I for remember, Washington. I remember him, but yeah. Josh Freeman for Tampa Bay was yeah. starting quarterback. He was young at the time, yes. Jake Delhomme. Like, Jake Delhomme popped up for a couple years. This was like four or five years after that with the with the Panthers still. Not good. You had rookie Matt Ryan, who wasn't very good yet. Jake Hutler, who had 26 interceptions that year. And he had just got traded to the Bears, right? Yep. Because the Vikings had actually talked to Denver about trading for him. Aging Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, that was with Seattle still before they kind of you know had to reset. Mark Bolger near the end of it. And then a rookie 20 interception to only 12 touchdown pass, Matt Stafford. So the landscape just of quarterbacks in the NFC, was it was not. like Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Tony Romo, and then you had Kurt Warner who was up there, and then a bunch of young guys like Aaron Rodgers on the come. Well, I was going to say, so if you had to, pre-Favre, if you had to rank the other three teams in the NFC North at that time quarterback-wise... Well, Stafford was a disaster It probably would. It might have gone... It might have gone Cutler Rogers close to being tied because, but Cutler was not very good. Yeah, and if but if you if you recall when Rogers got the job in two thousand eight, he would run a ton, and he mm-hmm. was it wasn't that he was bad, but he didn't scare you. Yeah, not yet. Now right, he started to scare year. you like 2010, 2011. Uh, now by my count, and this is a subjective exercise going into this season, the NFC is so loaded with quarterbacks. The only guys that I would put as like meh. Mitch Trubisky until he proves otherwise, and maybe Jameis Winston, who's just, I don't know, he's got a big arm and throws for yardage, but throws a lot of interceptions. Everybody else is either embedded in an amazing system like Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, has Hall of Fame credentials like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, maybe a Matt Ryan, or like even Eli Manning with Pat Shermer That's and Odell Beckham Jr. That's not going to be a pushover thing. In fact, only uh, he, he just he, there's going to be six NFC teams that make the playoffs, obviously. Try to pick the six out of this list. So only six of these teams are going to make the playoffs. The Eagles, who just won the Super Bowl. The Vikings, who just went to the NFC Championship game and upgraded with Kirk Cousins. The Rams, with one of the smartest, brightest young coaches in the NFL. The Saints, with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. A defense now, a bunch of weapons. The Panthers, Falcons, Packers with Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys. And history says... The 49ers are on the the, uh, upswing. And history says that what at least two of the six teams that made the playoffs in 2017 won't be back at right. least two. But like the, I just gave you nine teams, not including competitive teams of like your, Detroit, Arizona, maybe the Giants or the improved Bears. Whew. Of your list of of quarterbacks from the conference, how many aren't first round picks? So the Vikings division has Trubisky, who we still don't know about, but he's a first round pick, a high first round pick. Are we counting like Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers is a first round pick. Stafford is a first pick. Uh, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Dak was not. Goff is. Garoppolo was a second round pick and a trade. Um, Eli Manning was a first round pick. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So just the teams, like you could you could make a strong case for almost almost every team in the NFC. I didn't even put the Seahawks on here. and the, Like Russell Wilson. They're going to be competitive because they have Russell Wilson, sure. even though they're kind of in a, a reload or rebuild mode. Sure. So you're, you, this is the this is kind of the, we've been mostly optimistic about this, and it is a good sign in Kirk Cousins, but it doesn't guarantee you anything in this NFC. You could, there's going to be good teams that finish like 7-9 and nine and get 
crapped on by fans and media almost exclusively because they lost a bunch of close games and they play in the NFC. But this is Are wh- the Vikings going to be one of them? Time will tell. But this is exactly why if you if you looked at Keenum's year and thought, "Yeah, it was a nice year, but but we think it's fluky," you can't stick with him. You can't get left out with, "Well, we thought Case was good and now he's not, but we signed him to a 3-year contract and there's no backup plan." Yeah. So this is this is the very definition of why you go out and take what might be considered a risk with Cousins, because at least in taking that risk, you're fairly certain of what you're doing. Where with Keenum, internally, you're probably saying, well, he's he had a nice year, but compare him to the rest of the conference, and if he fails, we're in huge trouble. Yeah. Uh, we have some... Reckless! Speculation. You know what? Because we are the home of reckless speculation. We're going to go with it. And just because the quarterback situation is resolved doesn't mean that there isn't more reckless speculation to be had. Maybe even across sports. We're going to go with this. Jordan listens to the Mackey and Judd show. He tweets in, I heard a rumor Honey Badger is on a red eye to Minnesota. Reckless speculation. But if he's, he wouldn't be on one now because a red eye would be like last night <laughs> or later be, tonight. That would be impossible. Well, like right if now, you're hearing yes. that he's on a red eye, then he must be somewhere in a different part of the world than the United States. I want to say our uh, our friend Arif Hassan floated Honey Badger's name last night in connection with the Vikings, and I have not seen it since until now. Reckless speculation. But to answer your question from the previous hour, I still, if it comes down to Honey Badger or Richardson, I still would pick the interior defensive lineman. So if I can only have one, I still take a Sheldon Richardson. I probably lean that way too, because and the gap, like you, you trust Andrew Sandejo. He's done a good job the last couple of years of just getting better year after year. I don't know. There's a big question mark right next to um, Linville Joseph right now. But let's let's keep this conversation going. The Vikings are doing other things to clear more money, even though they went in with a bunch of cap room. I mean, $28 million eats up quite a bit of it. Uh, Courtney Cronin's been doing some good reporting on this. We'll get her thoughts on that and Kirk Cousins and the press conference yesterday. uh, Courtney covers the Vikings, by the way, for ESPN.com. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. All right, bring it in. We all ready? On 1500 ESPN. All right, we got to... Okay, hold on. This requires breaking news. Yes, it does. The Vikings moving and shaking. And while we're doing this, we'll bring in our, our friend Courtney. Courtney Cronin writes about football and the Vikings for ESPN.com. The Vikings have announced a new defensive tackle signing. This is very exciting. A new defensive very tackle. Very exciting. We never thought we'd get him. Moving and shaking. Oh, That's yep. right. D- uh, Dylan, Dylan Bradley. Dylan Bradley. Dylan Bradley is the off newest the practice squad. Minnesota Viking. Not... Sheldon Richardson, yeah. Big news, Courtney. Dylan yep. Bradley, we got him back. It Wait, took a while. We break all the news. That's huge news. This is my boy from Mississippi. I caught Dylan in high school. Oh, like, look at you. Big deal. So is he is he good at football? Like, tell us about him. Dylan had, Dylan's brother, actually, um, his stepbrother is at Mississippi State. He was the number one recruit in that 2015 class. His name's Jeffrey Simmons. And, I mean, dude, you will hear his name in about, you know, he'll leave early. He'll leave after his junior season. He is unbelievable. The most explosive high school football defensive player that I've ever seen with my own job. Monster. Yeah. Uh, Dylan's, Dylan's a little smaller. Dylan played nose tackle and defensive tackle. Like, kind of was always there on the interior in high school. But Jeffrey, his brother, was 
outside and rush and put him out of his knees. A nine, t- nine technique, he can play, you know, three techniques. Dude's everywhere. But, yeah, no, Dylan Bradley, he's a defensive tackle. They signed him back. And that's a, that's a big move for them. They're, they're starting at least to chip away at this defensive tackle spot a little bit better. So there's definitely a knowledge gap between me and Judd and Courtney here in that you could have made all of those things up about Dylan Bradley, and we would just be like, awesome, yeah, that sounds great. Did, did you just drop nine technique on us? Dude, I'm telling you, you you have to watch the tape of his brother. He was unbelievable in high school. I swear, this is one of the best. He was one of the best football players I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. And Dylan was really good too. He was just undersized. Like I mean, you know, he's six one. Jeffrey, his brother, six four, and was like two eighty five as sixteen year old. So, yeah. I would submit that from this day forward, Courtney Cronin doesn't just like football. She bleeping wait, loves. Wait, hold on. Slow football. that down. Do that again. I didn't know you were going to do that. I would submit from this day forward, Courtney Cronin doesn't just like football. She bleeping loves it. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Come on! Football! Yes. So, what are the Vikings doing? Uh, you had this report yesterday. Uh, the Vikings had a bunch of cap room going into the offseason. Now, Cousins eats up a lot of it, but. Uh, they restructured Latavius Murray, right? Tell us the details on that, if if you know. Uh, give us what you have. Yeah, we don't know the exact figures yet of what of what they are. Um, of, but he definitely took a pay cut, and this is what we expected. It's what the Vikings were going to have to do if they wanted to keep him. And by all indications, they fought really hard to keep him because he's a critical piece in this backfield with the departure of Jarek McKinnon to be able to take some of that load off of Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, he was a top goal, top goal line threat uh, out of the backfield last year, and I think that that's where the strength for Latavius lies. Um, I mean, Dalvin's certainly going to be able to do that and a lot more, but Latavius can be pretty explosive. So, in order to get him to, in order to be able to create this cap room, because as you said, you know, they entered yesterday with about fifty-one million dollars in cap space, and then Cousins is going to take. Uh, 24 million in that first year. That's going to be his cap hit. So that gives him about just over 26 million to work with uh, in free agency and with these other moves that they have to make in terms of contract extensions. So, with that said, um, you know it made sense why Murray would have been the first chip to fall in terms of restructuring. There's other veterans that you can, uh, you know, you have the sixth highest cap hit among all running backs. Uh, in 2018, and to be able to, you know, get him to a spot where you still have him and he's comfortable, I think this is a lot about him, that he's willing to take a pay cut because he realizes he could probably go other places and have a more featured role. When he was in Oakland, in the, his Pro Bowl year, he had he had a featured role. And, yeah, I got into a Pro Bowl, but he was also hurt. And I think he was much more effective when I covered him um, when he was part of that three-headed, you know, monster out of the backfield with him, Jalen Richard, and DeAndre Washington, um, and and that's kind of where you know he's a role player. He, he's realized that, and he's done a tremendous job with that. And they wanted to keep him, and they got him. Who, in in your mind, is probably the next chip to fall? Because I would imagine it starts with the renegotiation of Murray's contract, Courtney, but probably goes from there to a couple more players. Who's the, the next guy that you think is either going to have to restructure or accept the fact that he's off the roster? I think you have to take a look at somebody like Brian Robeson, who's such a key piece of that rotation on the defensive line. But, you know, if they want to get Sheldon Richardson, and, you know, we know he's still in the building and he's still here in Minnesota, if all goes 
you know, if they, if they can get him today, it would it, you'd think it'd follow kind of that same structure of when we heard about Cousins. So maybe this afternoon we might know a little bit more. Um, but they have they could I believe get about three and a half million cap space if they were to release him. But I think they also really like him, so they might have to you know keep him around by just having him take a pay cut. Jarius Wright is a candidate for that as well. Um, those are some of the pieces that, you know, they need to rework some of that cap space to be able to afford someone like Sheldon Richardson who could command, you know, $11 million uh, next season. Uh, it's what's been reported that, you know, is out there that he wants. Seattle wants him back. And, you know, they're going to be – they could potentially get into a slight bidding war here with the Vikings because they need to upgrade that spot um, at three technique. And that's something that Mike Zimmer is, you know, was pretty adamant about at the Combine, um, you know, Tom Johnson is fielding offers elsewhere. Shamar Stefan might be better as kind of a reserve role. So they need somebody that they can plug in there right next to Linville, uh, you know, to be able to to help against the run and in the, you know, pass rush rotation, especially on third down. Uh, Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com. She covers the Vikings uh, Patriot Realty phone line this week on the Mackey and Judd Show. What are your first impressions of Kirk Cousins? Um, humble and hungry is, uh, definitely the vibe that I got. No, I'm kidding. Like, I mean, that was when Mike Zimmer goes out there and starts talking about, you know, he's good in the boots. He's like literally like talking about play action. Like you've got to respect the football guy in him for doing that because he's not. Mike Zimmer hates fanfare and looked miserable. The videos that we saw and the photos of him walking out of the restaurant and then him like kind of awkwardly standing there during the photo ops. He just, he hates fanfare. It's very obvious. It was kind of strange, too. I mean, I was sitting there thinking to myself, like he's saying, you know, about the adversity he's overcome, and he's always had, he's, he's bet on himself, and he has a chip on his shoulder, and, you know, he reminds himself of a lot of the, t- of the rest of the team. I'm like, are you, these are adjectives that everybody used last year about Case Keenum, and you didn't like any of that, so... I thought that was kind of interesting that that was the verbiage he was going with to introduce Kirk Cousins. But, you know, in the limited time that we got with him yesterday before he flew out back to Atlanta, um, I think he handled the press conference he was really well. I mean, he had an answer for everything, um, you know, particularly as it came to his guaranteed contract, which, you know, sets a new precedent and, you know, can shift the paradigm here in the NFL and that, I think it was cool that he kind of detailed that this was something that was in the works for two and a half years. This is something that um, he and his agent have, have thought about and tried, you know, before and, and had those conversations with Washington. And to be able to get him here now, it's not going to matter if other players don't try to follow suit and, and do that with him as well. So, you know, he could be a pioneer here. It's just going to matter about other players following his direction that he's gone but in terms of Kirk, the football player, I mean, he can't win a Super Bowl on his own. And I know that this contract very much lines up as Super Bowl or bust for the Vikings, and that's understandable. Um, but I think that there are other pieces in place that need to fall into place in order for him to be successful here. But he certainly has the weight of the franchise on his shoulders, and I think the way he handled himself in his introductory press conference shows that at least he can handle that type of pressure. So two things uh, struck me about him. One is a word, meticulous. The other is a phrase, Courtney, attention to detail. I think we're we're talking about a guy, and I'm not saying that Case lacked those things because I don't think he lacked them. Uh, but Cousins seemed to me to be incredibly polished and to almost get the role. And the thing I like about that is I don't think that there's going to be any question the day that he walks 
into uh, the room to address his teammates, that he's going to see himself being in control here. And and that might rub some folks the wrong way, but I think in 2018 at that position, that's what you need to do. There can't be any question about the fact that when you step on that field, you're the guy. And that's something that they didn't have last year. I mean, say what you want about Case Keenum. It was, no, you know, if, if your head coach will not commit to you on, a, on more than a week-to-week basis, I think it's pretty hard to command the rest of the team. And, I mean, he certainly did with the offense and in the quarterback room and was able to get this team to the NFC Championship. But in terms of that long-term stability, that was never going to last. That's why he wasn't you know, considered the option to take this franchise to a Super Bowl in that next step. With Cousins, I think you get that commanding presence. I mean, it's somebody who was with the same organization for six years. Um, and, and what he's done in each of the last three seasons statistically you know, speaks for itself. I mean, his receivers love him. He spreads the ball around. Um, he doesn't miss games. He plays through that. I think, honestly, his toughness, you know, for, for what people, whatever people want to say about, you know, whether that matters, I honestly think it's one of the more underrated characteristics of Kirk Cousins. He hasn't missed a game in the last, in the last three seasons. That's 49 starts, including a playoff loss. Um, that speaks volumes, you know, for, for people who want to play for you and for your defense and, you know, special teams to be able to kind of rally around this guy, guys who, you know, are not in these meeting rooms with them to see, him take hits and see him, you know, remain so durable and that sustainability. I think that that's going to be probably one of the biggest factors uh, in what Kirk Cousins can do to take this team to the next level because it all starts with him. He realizes that. I mean, he's not, you know, he knew what he was getting into signing a deal of this caliber and on a team that has the Super Bowl window. Now it's up to him to live that every single day to the fullest. And that starts, I think, you know, kind of with the mental aspect and, you know, his leadership aspect. So, Courtney, what did you do for three hours while uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings contingency had dinner at Capitol Grill? Did you just stand there for three hours? I Well, I went to Manny's first. So I, uh, I made the mistake of doing that, thinking logically that, oh, wow, you wouldn't take him to Capitol Grill. I went there for homecoming in 2008. I mean, it's not a bad restaurant. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad restaurant. You just think, let's go to the classy, the steakhouse, whatever. So I had um, some odd martini thing that was horrible at the bar at Manny's waiting there that I'm like, oh, wait, going to Capitol Grill. So we stood outside. Um, so at least I kind of had like a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of help keeping warm, at least for those first yeah. few minutes that we were out there. But, yeah, there were some fans lining up. There were – I don't think the Capitol Grill valet people were too happy with us. Adam Thielen apparently misplaced his – the valet misplaced his keys. So oh, he wow. and his wife, Caitlin, were waiting outside. Um, didn't want to talk to us about, you know, the, the cousins thing quite yet. But that was an awkward moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, – you know, that's I work for TMZ now. So, course, I mean yeah. – I think I think I've got all the bases covered here. I went I went to Rainforest Cafe for homecoming <laughs> one year. Judd, did you ever go to homecoming? No, I skipped it. Did you ever? <laughs> I didn't a, go. Did you ever ask? I anyone told you. I, I I've told you the story before. Oh, I thought that was prom. Oh, homecoming, man. No, no, you're right. It was. No, no, no. I don't think I went to a dance at Benilde. In fact, I'm pretty sure I, I was zero for dances. Just watching. NH, was NHL on the fly available in the late It was 80s not. Or... I used to tape games. And, I used to tape games and watch them on VHS, Phil, if you really want to know the truth. Were you, grind, were you grinding tape instead of uh, going to homecoming? Hockey tape. That, that, honestly, if that was an option, I would have done that, too. So, wait, wait. So, you, you went to M- Manny's and got what? What type of cocktail again, Courtney? 
It was. I I took a picture of it and I sent it to my colleague Kevin Seifert, being like, if if Rick comes by, this is the drink I'm going to get. It had hibiscus flower in it. I have no idea. It, it was, was like seventy three dollars, probably too. <laughs> I hope you charge your employer for that. Nice addition to my expense report, but yeah, I mean they didn't. They decided upon Capitol Grill, and so once you see uh, the video that Fox Nine put out, and then I believe there was another film crew over there, and that became the Mad Dash, and that's where everybody showed up, and word of it started getting out. But yeah, I mean, I you know I would have loved to have enjoyed the true Manny's experience, but I wasn't there that long. Courtney's like, hold on, wait for me. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get over to Capitol Grill. <laughs> this drink's great. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, had I stayed there longer. Uh, hey, before we let you go. And now it's time for another member of the Mackie and Judd show to tell you all about his NCAA tournament bracket, even though you didn't ask. Uh, in this case, it's a it's a her. So you have 30 seconds now to tell us about your NCAA tournament bracket. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Well, I filled one out Wednesday night very late. Uh, admittedly, I don't know a whole ton about college basketball this year because I've been grinding tape. And, um, you know, focused on NFL free agency because I'm a draft Nick, um, you know. Uh, of but yeah, I have, Kansas, I have Kansas winning the whole thing. Um, somebody I covered for the last three years plays on that team, so I went with the popular pick. Um, and uh, I don't know why they're going to win it. Um, I think that they're going to beat Michigan State, though. I think that I want. I think a lot of people want to see Michigan State lose right now. So, yeah, that's my reason. Go, go Rock Chop Jayhawk. We don't care that you don't give a sh. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackie and Judd Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. All right. Good stuff. Well, Th- thank you, Courtney. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Go back to grinding film. <laughs> Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. Capital Grill for a high school dance, like pre pre date. That's a, like pa- parents are probably chipping in for some of that. Our right? dance is fun. Well, not. I mean, in high school, they were no, fun. No, that, that's what I'm saying. a little creepy now. Are they a good time? <laughs> a Our a, dance is a, fun. A bit of a well, late start going, for you. I'm not going now at 48. I'm just curious if they're hey, fun. it's prom season if you want to sneak in with your... No, 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 please. <laughs> with your we mesh shorts. Give Judd a chaperone duty somewhere? No. Oh, no. yes. Let's make this happen. No, 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 Are no. there any listeners out there with high school kids that you think Judd Zilgat should chaperone the prom That's festivities? That's an awful idea. I could see Capital go for a, grow for a pre-prom, but pre-homecoming? <laughs> You know what the worst is? You just was? go to the football game and then just show up in jeans. Well, the game, uh, oftentimes yeah, the game right. is on a different night now. So the game is a Friday night, and then the dance might be a Saturday night. So that's, now, that's the, how it do is. Do the kids really do it up? You seem to be in the know, Phil. I mean, well, is, is homecoming a big deal now? Because I never I'm, went to a homecoming dance. Look at you guys are too cool for dances, huh? Too cool to. I went to, to a Sadie Hawkins and one prom. That was it. No, I I was scared of girls. <laughs> I wasn't too cool for it. I was scared of them. They scared me at the time. They still do at times. I'm kind of on the same level with Judd, yeah. yeah. I was mostly friend zone guy, but I always enjoyed going to the dances. They were fun. Uh, Did you actually dance? Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I mean, I was. it was like awkward white guy, yeah, let's you know, Buffalo, Minnesota get dancing. Get separation but. there. Uh, so Don and I went to Murray's in like 2000, and around the time that Courtney was going to prom, we went to Murray's on a Saturday night, and prom kids were there, and it's like, just get out of here. You, you shouldn't be in Murray's. This is the home of the silver bleeped butter knife steak, and I got to put up with some punks in their dresses. And oh, and the boys now, or at least then, 
like would try and look cool. So they like had their tuxes and stuff, but like a hat, like one kid had a hat on. It's like really oh get okay. the hell out of Murray's. This is class. This is Sid Hartman's restaurant. I think they make you take your hat off when you walk in, right? They do that. I, the uh, Monte Carlo that happened to me one time. Well, they should. Like, made like literally made me take my hat off when I stepped in. Like, they should. Like, okay, that's cool. You don't know who you're talking to. That that right. was before gel life though. <laughs> the punks in their dresses. That was before gel life for me. New life now. You're a new man. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to lob our way next? I have one about the Wolves and Wild weekend upcoming and about what's upcoming for the two of you at the end of the show. All right. It's game show Friday, too, so we'll do that. Thanks to Courtney, uh, who joined us on the Patriot Realty phone line. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here for just a second. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. So if you, uh, you know, if you're if you're making the auto show trek and you got excited about a new vehicle, well, I think maybe you should go down to uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota, see my friends there who are celebrating the auto show with some great specials. Zero percent financing on nine different models. And those models, almost all of them, we're talking upgraded exteriors. We're talking about the Entune system, which is an eight-inch touchscreen. You can you can book dinner reservations with an app on your Entune screen from your car. You can also connect your phone via Bluetooth. It's full connectivity. Also, all the new safety features. You know, we're getting to the point where cars can basically just like bail us out of crashes and sense how far away uh, you are from the vehicle in front of you. And Toyotas are uh, right at the cusp of the of the cutting edge uh, movement of safety features. So just go in, ask for a test drive. Talk to my friends in that showroom area, Paula and Tony and Badu, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale, Toyota.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I am a fan. I can look at them all day long and die laughing. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Dave Harrigan has uh, some questions for us on this game show Friday. Let's do it up. Let's do it first. We have to change the sounder just for today since tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Wow. Yep. We'll be using that today. Oh, my God. All right. The Wolves and the Wild both back in action this weekend, both with a back-to-back. The Wild, it starts tonight. They're in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Then tomorrow in uh, Arizona, they'll be taking on the Coyotes. Timberwolves tomorrow at Spurs and then home to Rockets on Sunday. Look at the standings. With our Wolves, they're fifth in the Western Conference right now. Half game up on the Pelicans, one up on both the Jazz and Spurs. Wild third in the division right now. Uh, Let's see, one point up on the Avalanche. They're tied for fourth in the total of the Western Conference uh, right now. So, boys, give me a weekend preview. How many wins between the two clubs' four games will there be? And where will that leave each club in the standings when we reconvene Monday morning? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a dumb question here. So they still take the top three teams from each division in the NHL. Correct. And then, and the then it's wild. the two wild cards. So the way this is where it gets dicey for the wild is they're only they're one up on on Colorado, uh, two up on the stars. They're five up on Calgary, but only three up on, in terms of points. So it's it's a grind right now without maybe your best defenseman. 
I think they lose both games. I think they lose oh, no. in Vegas, and they can't beat Arizona for whatever reason. They're going to be up 3 nothing again and then fall asleep in the third period. <laughs> eight goals. And Dumba's going to have a dumb turnover or something at the end. So, But it won't knock them out of the playoff bracket. So they're going to have a rough weekend. It won't knock them out of the playoff bracket. The Wolves are also going to have a rough weekend because they play at San Antonio, which, well, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. You should beat them. Yeah, but you don't have Jimmy Butler, and it's still a well-coached team, and it's a road game. And then they get a game against Houston, and like unless Houston, unless they just decide to rest all their star players, you're gonna get you're gonna probably lose both those games. Um, if that happens, you will have 31 losses. And right now, if nothing else changed, which yeah, these other teams play, that would put you into a tie with the 10 seed for in the loss column. So it's possible that the Wolves could drop. Out, although like the Clippers, they have enough games in hand where they're going to be like seventh or eighth, I think, after this weekend. The Wolves, but then they'll have some winnable games ahead. That'll be that'll be the end of that really rough stretch. The, the Clippers, that's a tough game, and then they get a bunch of beatable teams. So rough weekend for both squads, but not crippling. Awfully negative. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hope to be surprised. The Wild is going to lose tonight, but they are actually going to rebound. And Arizona will once again, Arizona's trying to tell them we don't care, and the Wild won't listen. But in this case, they will beat Arizona. So when we come back here on Monday morning, the Wild will actually remain in third place in the Central Division with 87 points. Colorado plays tonight. If they win, they would leapfrog the Wild. So the Wild might go into a wild card spot overnight, but I believe by Monday morning they will be back in third place in the Central Division. The Wolves will go 0-2. They will uh, certainly not beat, I don't see them winning at San Antonio, and they will certainly not beat the Houston Rockets on Sunday at home. And the Wolves go 0-2. They will be in, just doing this quickly, I say the eighth and final playoff spot when we come in here on Monday morning. Yeah, like so they they'd be 40 and 31 if that happens. San Antonio if they beat the Wolves would be uh, 40 and 30. They'll leapfrog, yes. So the, so San Antonio would leap. There are the problem for the Wolves, Portland is 12 games back of the 1, and then there's three and a half actually only four and a half games separating the 3 seed from the 10 seed in the Western Conference. But you're those two wins against Golden State and Washington are huge. Those were such huge wins. All right, question two. Thank you for hitting that. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. And because it is St. Patrick's Day and all the revelers will be out in their green acting like buffoons, an all-Irish rank them, boys, and it can be as loosely related to Irish as you want. Lucky Charm cereal, for instance, absolutely counts. An all-Irish rank them. Go. Wow. Number three, harp. One, two. Number three. The beer or the instrument? The beer, which, by the way, the Irish don't consider to be very good, but I find it to be delicious. I actually like it. They consider it to be really bad, but I put that at three. Number two. Going to upgrade a little bit now. Murphy's Irish Stout. Murphy's Irish Stout is number two. Number one. It's got to be a room temperature Guinness, right? Because you got to love room temperature Guinness. You get that Guinness, you pour that Guinness, you got it at room temperature. You pour you pour half, and then you let her sit on the bar, and you let it sit there and sit there and sit there, and then you readdress and pour the rest. 
Guinness, number one. I love a good callback <laughs> to an old episode of Sports Over Beers. <laughs> Nothing like a room temperature Guinness to get you going. <laughs> that was Sports Over Beers. Yes, it was. Especially in the morning. Like, you were like so ago. unsure. You brought that up and we were like, there was like four no, people I was on the sure. and we were like, what? I don't, I don't think that's how it's... Are you sure? And you're like, yeah, I mean, no, I was sure. Of, I was sure. sure right? No, I you thought I was sure. Re- you were just I was really very sure. wrong. Like, kind, does, you know what? Sure? Good room temperature Guinness that never killed anybody, and it's good in the morning. One, two. Number three. Uh, number three would be the chicken shots at the local bar downtown Minneapolis, the best appetizer in the Minneapolis area. Explain to me a chicken shot. I've never had it. So mm. it's like a little chicken, not a chicken nugget, but it's like, like um, a little piece of chicken breast. Yeah, like a little. Yeah, like chicken popper kind of situation with more chicken than breading. And then it's this some kind of sauce that includes all these secret ingredients. Maybe a little Jameson in the sauce. Mm. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Hard to describe. Just go try it. I'm not even getting paid to say that. Just go try number it. Number two. Uh, number two, Notre Dame football. Even though they've been disappointing for 25 years. I was going to say, what's the selling point there? There is none. I just like it. Number and, Kelly. One. and number one, two of the greatest Irish-American athletes of all time. That's right. Tom Brady is Irish-American and John McEnroe. John McEnroe's name sounds Irish as well, but two of the greatest Irish-American athletes of all time. John McEnroe Not one beer on your list, and Tom huh? Brady. I like beer, but... Irish beer? I, I wasn't going to... You have your territory. <laughs> And I decided to go with. I thought about putting harp, but I knew that you were going to go first, and you like harp too. I love harp. Figured that you'd. They hate harp. harp. I like harp. Uh, we'll do question three when we come back here. Yeah, it on. If that pleases the court, play it again. <laughs> I just enjoy hearing what's here. It's delightful. Isn't it, it is. Really? I just want to get up and I want to. I want to do a little dance. Don't do that. Actually, sit back down and tell us about prime mortgage lending. I will indeed. And so you're considering your op- your options when it comes to mortgage companies. Let me suggest my friends at uh, Prime and Kent McCullough. This isn't about simply selling you on something, folks. Prime wants to earn your trust. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. You heard that correct. And now you're asking me, what does that mean? And I'm going to tell you right now. It means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first. They want to explain their plan. They want to sit down and have you fully understand it. This is about a couple key things, teamwork and collaboration. That's what Prime's all about. That's what they believe in. So if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice. They will give you straight answers, and I'm going to give you an example of that right now. Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. The example is, did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs, not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you? I want you to go to the website right now and check it out, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Mackie and Judd back with question three after this. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They do take themselves way too serious, and I can only stand about half an hour of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hey, get your tickets now to see Minnesota United's first home match of the season against Chicago. It's tomorrow, 1 o'clock. St. Patrick's Day matinee, 1 o'clock at TCF Bank Stadium. Head to MNUFC.com to purchase your tickets. All right, Dave's got a third question here, expanded question. It's been a theme this week. I think we've done expanded questions almost every day this week. Yeah, at least three or four times. You're right. Play it again. Come on, play it again. Exploring the space. What are you doing, Judd? I'm doing a little Irish dance. They don't put their arms up like a Russian. Well, I changed it around a little bit, okay? You have to hold them straight down at your sides. Oh, give me a break. 
All I all I do is reinvent the wheel, and all you do is resist my no, reinvention. No, you broke the wheel. The wheel. You re- okay, let's go. All right. The wheel doesn't need reinvention. That's see, the whole point see, of that. No, see, that's what people think. That's what the greats in American history are the people that say the wheel does need to be reinvented. I'm Kirk Cousins here, man. I'm coming in here and I'm I'm telling you what's what. You're not helping yourself. Two days ago, Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist from Channel 5 Morning News took part in the ALS Pepper Challenge. Uh, took a bite of a hot pepper, and the deal is kind of like the ice bucket thing. You then pass the challenge on to somebody else, and they chose the two of you lucky devils, Phil Mackey and Judd Zolga, and you've been staring at a plate of some hot peppers I picked up yesterday, a couple habaneros, a couple jalapenos that you'll be taking a bite out of in the final segment of this show, around 12.45, 12.50. Yeah, that could be a disaster. Judd has a public appearance later on on behalf of 1500 ESPN <laughs> Dos I actually have a conference call at exactly 1 o'clock, which I may not be able to speak words on. Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, that leads to the question then. I want you to look into the crystal ball, play-by-play play for me how it's going to go for your partner, and then tell me who's going to handle it better. <laughs> I don't think either one of us will handle it well. Phil might be might handle it slightly better than me. I feel I feel like you have more experience with hot foods than I do because I think I avoid them at almost every turn. You don't know what a jalapeno is. Um, well, I mean, you do now because it's sitting yeah, in front of you. I know. But... I had I had no idea. I had no idea what the because it's that's what a bell pepper as well. Did, did you say it's a <laughs> Jalapeno and a bell pepper or something? No. Bell a bell pepper is what you grow in the garden. Okay, what's the other one? It has no spice. That's a habanero, Judd. Okay, well, I had no clue. A bell. I had no clue. <laughs> I had, if I can finish, please. I I had no idea what the difference in the spices were. And so now I know. And so I'm going to do the one that has a little bit less. Uh, Phil will, I think Phil will take a bite, immediately shoot up from his seat, say, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And start no. to drink water. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and take it like an absolute champ. I do. So I love jalapenos. They don't love me. So I think I can get. I can get. I but I usually have them in small doses, and it's got to mm. be like a Friday or a Saturday, or I don't have to worry about getting up in the morning and having problems, shall we say? Yep. Um, I I just noticed something though. We did a a couple months ago on the show. Maybe it was late in the 2017 year. We, we played a game where we, we lined up four salad-looking uh, vegetables. It was arugula, kale, and then a couple other ones, too, like romaine lettuce might have been one of them. And the Judd's objective was to identify the kale, like it's a police lineup. Yes. And we you even did the 50-50 where we eliminated two of them, and it was just a coin flip, and, and you guessed. still chose arugula and over I, the kale. I guessed wrong. And yeah. we thought, oh, this must just be like a... It's all vegetables. Like, because bell peppers, if we put a bell pepper in front of you... Would a bell pepper be red? With... Are bell peppers red? Yeah, can I, be. they I can be. I don't know. Red, yellow, orange, green, they can be all sorts oh, of that's about Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know what things... Big, big pepper. I don't know. Yeah, no, Phil's sort of right. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what things are called sometimes, and I really don't care. It's sort of like colors. Dawn and I fight about this, because she'll be like, you know, that's mod, and that's this... I said there's like five colors, honey. There's like five colors. There's red, there's green, there's blue, there's purple and orange but like when you start to mix them and come up with names cyan and magenta yeah, yeah, would that's be very B, that's, be that's bs it. those colors don't exist those colors are the figment of someone's imagination 
So I'd call them the pigment of someone's imagination. I like it. Wow. I like it. But yeah, Phil's sort of right. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I can't identify. See, we made a mistake. We should have, because the peppers are sitting in front of us. I mean, I think it was Dave. Dave picked out the peppers, and I know what a jalapeno was. I wasn't sure if this was a ghost or a habanero, so I had to ask for I clarification. I would have gotten green, if that's your point. We shouldn't have, because there's a difference between the spice level of habanero and jalapeno. Yes. Like, jalapeno is something you'd, you just put a little extra in salsa to make it, you know, chop it up to make it spicier. You, it's it's more common in everyday cooking. Habanero is like we're gonna go to Buffalo Wild Wings and take a challenge. And uh, I would have gone. Like, I would have gone green though. We should have. We should have told Judd nothing about the peppers, and he would just grab the smaller. <laughs> no, one. I wouldn't. No, no, no. I you know. Would have grabbed the green one. I know that smaller is often more potent. Okay. Yeah, no, I would not have grabbed the small one. Now, I I included the habaneros just in case either of you really wanted to step it up in the fight against no. ALS. We grew some, uh, grew some in my uh, the little garden we have at our home. Are these from to, your garden? No, like these the, are not. I say just, early gardening season. No, it was a couple, couple years ago we grew some, and we just one day in the fall were chopping all the peppers and made a whole bunch of salsa and. I was the idiot who said, well, I mean, you're supposed to wear rubber gloves or, you know, put a little plastic bag over your hand. Your hand. Ah, I'll be fine. No big deal. I'm just touching my fingers. I'll no. just not be an idiot and put them in my eye. And, oh, my God. That entire afternoon and evening, I was miserable. With the, your hands? My hands. Because it, it gets under your nails a little bit. So oh. it burns a little bit in your skin there. And then I, at one point, I touched on my face near my eye. I mean, probably an inch or so. Just a oh, little itch. and it heat. Close enough. Close enough. It burned my eye. I mean, my eye was burning for like the I've next got a question. three hours. So when, when bad we, idea. When we go to do this at, at the end of the show, I was. I'm not joking about this. I was flossing last night, and I held the floss too tight, and I slightly cut my finger. If I grab this, <laughs> with, you cut your finger on the floss. Yeah, I I hold the floss super tight. I'm not kidding, you guys. I hold it super tight. You are a gem, I, dude. I aggressively floss. And so I noticed I felt this sort of burning sensation in my finger, and I had a small like paper cut <laughs> yeah. from the floss. My point being, I if I pepper cut, if I grab it, if I grab the pepper, and it gets in the cut, is that going to hurt? It's like not hell? the outside yeah. of the pepper that you have to worry about. It's the juices on the inside and the. Okay, and that's my question yeah. too, right? That's my question. Avoid the inside of the pepper with your little floss cut. You'll be fine. actually. You know what? Run your whole finger on the inner lining of the pepper, and then. And then try to you're get the eyelash my, you're out. You're not being of your my friend eye. right now. You're not being See my friend. Happens. You're not being my friend right now. <laughs> I ask you a serious question. But you're supposed to be the old wise one on this show. Like you're supposed to be any, we've just offering de- guidance to us. We just determined I can't identify any of these things. How am I going to know how much pain they might cause? <laughs> I hear here's, what bleeds more when you floss: your fingers or your gums? <laughs> oh, that's gross. How tightly are you gripping the floss? <laughs> Oh, really tight. Like, I get it really tight. And <laughs> I clearly, and it's just, it's such a small cut, you can't see it, but it hurt like hell. It really hurt. And what do you mean by aggressively floss? Oh, I go in there and you got to dig. When you floss, you got to dig. You can't be, if you go in there and you're just like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's bad. You got to go in there and you got to get the stuff out. The wife gets mad too because I, I've, well, I won't talk about it. It's, it's sort of gross. <laughs> It, so, it sort of flicks stuff on the mirror oh, then. Oh, you know, clean it up. Well, I do sometimes, but sometimes I oh, don't. Oh, my God. Gosh, I'm looking forward to 1245. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? 
You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.